Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. I'm not finished yet, it took me a long time to get here. Both players have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a shit shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their houses for 10 years. Welcome to the GR on a Monday. It's myself and Conan, as usual, in studio. Um, and as Ballygunner, I suppose, Conan, they're the only provincial winners. Um, you could say St. Thomas's were provincial winners because they won the Galway County final pretty well. And now they're in the All-Ireland semi-final. So there you go. But Ballygunner, nobody could begrudge this to Ballygunner because they won it last in 2001, 17 years ago. And that was their first time to win it. And they've lost four finals fin- since. So they've been beaten by Napierschig in 2015 by seven points in 2017 by 8 points even though that was very close with 10 minutes to go and then they came back this year interestingly and this is a theory my father has on teams their name was on it this year they were just going to win it this year you know that kind of a theory people have and they were 4 points down against Middleton after they won the county final played the Cork uh, losers Middleton were 4 points down had to pull that out of the bag Mm. then we all know what happened against Ballier they were 3 points down Um, it was the last puck of the game the ball went in they didn't score from the long ball in. Usually the referee will just blow this up. Yeah. So this was very, very lucky that the ball broke out to the side and then it was lobbed in with a like a cross uh, cross in and we know Philip Amatney stuck it into the back of the net. So they scraped into the final after extra time. The Piercing absolutely flying their way through it, hammered um, the Tipperary champions in the semi-final, hammered their way through Tipper or through Limerick. 
strong favourites going into the final yesterday what Ballygunner beat them by six, six points just <laughs> a, dominate, a dominating display and this is after and appears to getting an early goal by Kevin Downs which was a brilliant goal their fullback Barry Cochran getting on a, an immediate yellow for pulling yeah. across him and it's like this is going to be a cakewalk for the to no it wasn't because Ballygunner's name was written on it <laughs> my does, father was right does he mean that they're lucky or that the it means it's just written in the stars There's, they, they just have it they're just they, they're just going to win it this year they just have it like yeah. I mean and they all, a, lot of, a lot of you'll hear a lot of theories saying it's a great way to go into a final and like this all these kind of yeah. cliches came true because it was and sometimes you're just playing too well going into a final you're not set up for it you're not ready for that battle that Ballygunner were, were well yeah. ready for there's a lot of teams like uh, one of the ones that springs to mind for me thankfully I'm bringing it back to football but it's Don- <laughs> Donegal 2012 like you know and they just look ready like you know and everything they have is right and they're sort of they've got something a bit different and they keep coming at the right time sort of it just like maybe that's the best way I can see that their name is on it it's yeah like, that's a bit different now because they kind of they forced it on they us. got through with good performances all year I mean Ballygunner kind of scraped their way to get there yeah so their name was written on they had, they needed an extra power to get yeah. them on. <laughs> <laughs> they needed their name to be on it or else they wouldn't have won it <laughs> but there was an interesting one in the first half because it was David Dempsey won a good ball and it looked like a point for me from normal play and then the replay showed that it was a wide and the umpire got the decision right called it a wide in normal play then the referee David Dempsey went crazy he the referee went over to the linesman the linesman told him something the referee ran into the umpire and told the umpire to overrule it and they gave it as a point it wasn't a point it wasn't they showed replays of it and the ball disappeared behind the, the post obviously indicate that it had gone wide and like I mean the most interesting thing about this is that there's Hawkeye there's Hawkeye in Thurless only it wasn't turned on I think it's very disappointing for a senior club uh, match like that and it's another like sort of kick in the teeth for club players isn't it it's like ah, we're not turning Hawkeye on for the club like you know we'll keep it on for the real game but here's is a bloody provincial final and yeah. they haven't been bothered to turn it on and, yeah. and the first half a point like that can change everything Like it does not it definitely doesn't paint the picture that the GA is interested in the elite level and nothing else yeah. <laughs> because like this is the provincial final because Stephen O'Keefe he was interviewed afterwards and he says you work so hard and you get your heart broken interesting that he said about a broken heart twice he continues on you come back again and you get so close and you get your heart broken again heartbroken yeah. like I mean this is the description of it so finally going up those steps is the proudest moment I've ever had on a hurling pitch and I completely agree with uh, believe Stephen because Stephen at inter-county level would have won a national league and let's be honest a provincial club title trumps a national league any day of the week so mm. like it is his proudest moment ever but you would like you'd like to have seen Hawkeye the optics aren't great when the grassroots are complaining about club players being overlooked bloody put put Hawkeye on there yeah and like it's, it's, again as I said it's just another little level of just you're not as important as county county players we're going to leave it up to an umpire like you'd like to see Hawkeye using every single hurling game because the ball moves that fast and it's that small yeah but like obviously when it, when it is available use it and when it's a provincial final use it yeah, exactly. So the Napiersig manager said it's been, long, it's been a long year for Napiersig and a long year for our lads with Limerick. So maybe it was a step too far. We'll be back. And that's true. Like, I mean, this club were beaten after a replay in last year's All-Ireland final against Kula. Went to a Moore Park for the replay. Then Limerick went into a full season, won the All-Ireland. Then to continue on, and there's about five or six of them on the squad. There might be, be only one starter. 
then they win the All-Ireland and they're back into county final and then they're back into Munster Club. Now they'd never lost a Munster Club match. They'd won four county titles and four Munsters. So they had won 12 games in a row in the Munster Club and this was their 13th and they got caught. They let them down. So really when you when you think about it like I mean it probably maybe it was a step too far and Bally Gunner's name was written on it. Yeah so like they didn't I mean, realise how pointless this whole thing was. <laughs> <laughs> right so like I mean that was good but that wasn't even the game of the day in Hurling because the game of the day in Hurling was Bally Bowden versus Cool Derry. This was in Parnell Park. So nearly 100 minutes between normal time, injury time, which was contentious. And we're going to talk to Brian Carroll in part three about this because Brian Carroll wins performance of the weekend. I'm not even going to keep it in suspense because <laughs> if he's in part three, it kind of gives the game away anyway. So like, I mean, all between the extra time, there was six minutes of injury time at the end of normal time. Now, this is contentious in that the Cool Derry players and managers saying they were told three. There was no extra time held up on a board or announced in Parnell Park. Isn't that weird? It almost gave the referee licence to just get play on an extra si- an extra tree and get this drawn up because Cool Derry, Brian Carroll, drew it up in normal time with a goal and then they followed that up with a point to go ahead for the first time. I'm pretty sure in the whole game because they had such a disastrous start. They went 2-1 to no score down after three minutes. So... It, it, they, he, the referee told them three minutes left. They were a point up. The three minutes had elapsed. And then the referee continued on three more minutes. Bally Bowden got an equaliser. So it went to two minutes of extra time then, then two minutes of five minutes. So it was almost 100 minutes, 63 scores, 10 goals, four sending off. <laughs> My God. And Brian Carroll finished with 2.16. And lost. <laughs> and Colin Baskell finished with 3.3 from play. Colin Baskell? Yeah. Jesus. Like there's another, like, you know, we talk about all these players from Dublin who aren't playing with the hurlers. Like, oh my God. They would, like, I would love to see a team of... Dublin players who aren't playing yeah. should be in the hurling team no definitely because Pascal got 3-3 from play he also blocked down we'll, look, we'll talk about him performance through again he also blocked down a goalkeeper's clearance for a Conal Keeney goal so that's 4-3 he's de- directly responsible for and he was fouled for all three of uh, Paul Ryan's frees in the second period of injury time which actually won by three so like I mean that's just uh, sensational so yeah so we're going to talk to Brian Carroll in part 3 to make some sort of sense um, of that game the game that we were both watching on television while I was watching um, Bally Gunner you were watching the highlights of that but Guidor went through against Cross McGlenn and well it was a good entertaining game like I mean it was always going to be Guidor after the three goals there wasn't really much suspense in it you were half hoping Cross McGlenn got the four at the end of the first half to kind of bring it back to five thinking maybe there might be a second half in this but Guidor were completely in control yeah. against Cross McGlenn and that was it and like I mean they looked a different team from the county final they looked like a, a, like a, a much more attractive team that's obviously because of the opposition they were facing who came to play football not like Glenties like to play like I mean how can you play against them only at their own game so it was a, a really good team and Guido are a very good footballing team and tore Cross McGlenn apart yeah. Dara O'Boyle I get in trouble for, for not <laughs> saying that in Irish like I mean he just tore through them he looked like he was playing wing forward or just throwing it over the top and he's a full ocean of space yeah. like I was tweeting about this it's very very rare in modern football it, when do you see that when do you see you getting the ball over the top and you have a clear running goal from about the 45 it's impossible yeah it's actually, it just is not seen. And it happened three times with this fella. It's not nice, is it, Willie? Yeah, <laughs> it's not nice. So, like, I mean, most, most teams leave their centre-back covering that yeah. bloody area. Like, I mean, that's that's happening since the, 
as long as I've played football that a centre-back would not allow it. It might let it happen once and he'd be hopped off and then do not let that happen again. Yeah, like... Uh, yeah, as good as Guidor was, I was looking at that thinking, Jesus, come on, lads. Across the were just leaving oceans of space and every time one player was beaten, which was nearly all the time, then yeah. everything opened up for Guidor. Like, and every single player was ready to take on a man as soon as he got the ball. This is from cornerback. They always tried to beat the man first and then he just had these streams of bodies going forward. The angles of running was unreal. Yeah. Like that that first goal that a wheel got, it just sort of, the ball was going to the left and he's done that little ru- rugby sort of angle run in towards and then as you said 45 metres of running the whole way in and they're so slick with the hand passing they can actually confuse you you know that kind of I thought the Cross McGlain goalkeeper was terrible for the second goal like the first goal was just such a beautiful beautiful finish and it's difficult even to explain how difficult it is to pinpoint that on the run after about a 30 metre run yeah. in the conditions that there are like so that's just a fantastic finish the second one he just the goalkeeper just came out and turned his arse to it <laughs> like I mean and then he let in the penalty like it wasn't a good strike for the penalty but in fairness to Dara the ground was in an awful state and he was glad I'd say he was glad just to get a good strike on it yeah. and it went in but it was poor from the goalkeeper again and we know Paul Hart he's been goalkeeper for Cross McGlenn for so long that I, he, he was a little small enough little fella but definitely came out and turned his arse to the second one made no attempt to try and uh, some goalies might take him out of it completely there yeah and the penalty I thought it was even worse like you know the ball was under keeper sometimes and that's not good but he wasn't even down no like he was on his way down and the ball was going past him and around the middle of the net it just didn't look it didn't look great Darrow Wheel who scored three you, you mentioned those four points Cross McGlenn got at the end of the half but he got that block which could have brought the game yeah. to two. It was like Cross McGlenn were in for goal and he had this diving block where Neil McGee was just sort of behind him and slapping him on the earth, sort of, thank Christ you were there, sort yeah. of thing. But yeah. that could have changed everything as well. Two Motive, points yeah. That was Roy of the Rover stuff. Yeah. The Cross McGlenn finished with 13 players for the second game in a row. Now, Johnny Hanratty got two yellows and Johnny makes a habit maybe of getting sent off or do I have that right? It seems to, to me. But like, I mean, he was on a yellow and you have to know you can't slap that high at a fellow anymore because they're like while I 10 years ago that player would have continued on with his run now they're taking that contact that's anyway high and they're falling backwards and making it look and we've talked about this in the podcast before so it was a stupid reckless challenge from him which caused no damage to the Guido player and he over he overacted it but you have to almost accept the fact that if you're going high on a fella running past you now and you go in any way he's just going to take it as a yeah. accentuated like a clothesline and you're going to go off so he got another yellow and the Ryan O'Neill or uh, Ryan O'Neill Ryan O'Neill yeah. he got a straight red it was a terrible challenge he looked like a really good player actually Ryan O'Neill he's going to be an intercounty superstar yeah. he's a lovely lovely classy player but that was not a classy act it was a it was a terrible uh, challenge late on yeah no and like w- when he was striking it all day just coming off his laces outside the boot it was just oh he's a lovely a technique nice yeah. Yeah. but Hanratty yeah, like he was sort of annoying me a bit in the first half like his he was trying these pinging passes. Oh, he loves a kick pass, yeah. I know he's good at them, but like. But that's their style of play, so. I know, but he was kicking it down the throat a lot of a Guido man. And like, he gave a few good ones in too, though, in fairness. He like, did, like, and he, he does that usually, but it was just, come on, have a bit more patience. Like, they didn't seem to have any patience sometimes when they were 40 yards out, and they had to go back. The next guy just sort of lumped it in to see what would happen. Like, you know, they're too, yeah. almost to a fault, they're too classical. And, yeah. like, the first goal led, like, came from Johnny Hanratty kicking the ball straight down the sweeper's throat. And then Guido just overran them, and then before you know it, it's 
it's a wheel in on goal and Hanrani's watching this whole thing unfold like after just kicking it away I, I don't know yeah you don't like you don't like that old kick pass really <laughs> coming, do you? let's be honest so the attendance was disappointing so like I mean we talked this up last Thursday and this kind of confuses me and um, about what a great game four footballing teams and they ended up being two good games there was 7,794 there so 7,800 so like I mean I'm wondering like we talk about how great this club season is that's not evidence that it's capturing the imagination of the neutral now I, I don't think there's any problem Cross McGlen's just a small place Guido's a small place um, Cool Rain has a big Protestant population so the actual GEA community there would be relatively small as well and Scotstown's a small place so like I mean all these small towns and villages might add up to in around seven like because let's yeah. be honest Port Leash might bring 2,000 to a match and that's a big town do you know so like I mean we're not comparing this potentially with any inter-county yeah. um, but you would ho- you would have hoped for maybe a few more from Tyrone rocking up and get that up over 10,000 12,000 for two for a double header like that wouldn't you or am I being a bit too um, harsh yeah like I did think there would be a lot more sort of neutral interest in it like I do I think that's those figures sort of mark what you're talking about those four clubs are small enough areas so that's a grand two, figure. four, six, eight. I wouldn't see too much wrong with yeah but there's, you're not you're not factoring many neutrals into that crowd no and I thought yeah. there would be a bit more interest maybe this it's a cold November day it's Sunday it doesn't suit their Sunday roast time yeah. or Sunday dinner time whatever time you have it at but maybe they want to watch the hurling I don't know but yeah, it's disappointing. Four enough. northern football teams wanted to watch the hurling. Forget about that theory, <laughs> anyway. So that's how I know because we talk a lot. Maybe you see, see, like I mean, just because we're so into this provincial club and you know county final time and then provincial club time, I'm I love it. I, it's genuinely my favorite time of the year. And you can, and maybe that's because I played it and I'm just really really into it. I don't know because that is not backing up that the general public on the same wavelength as me and you here as well yeah like is it too far like a club like there's no club from Tyrone playing in that game and this game is in Tyrone is yeah. it too far to expect a neutral to go to care like if say if it was in Donegal you get a lot of Donegal people going to watch Guidor yeah same with Derry same with Monaghan whatever but maybe so you're really only trying to get neutrals from Tyrone then really to go to that it might be a bit far for a neutral not from each club to actually go and travel you're right yeah I'd yeah. like to see the TG Cahir, uh viewing figures that would be more of an indication in what the public interest yeah. in it is. Um, but Rory Begum was back at it again. So the early one was this. You called Cole Rain and this and you were nearly right. Um, I think they led most of the way straight through Scottstown. Um, it was described as a crossfield pass. Uh, Donald Morgan was caught with a closed fist tackle by Kieran McGoldrick. Free into Scottstown, 45 metres out, up steps, steps Rory Began. So you might, as well just, uh, you might as well just headed for the exit gates at that <laughs> stage because there was only one thing going to happen there. Yeah, no, it was it was disappointed for for Coleraine. Um, I think Niall Holly going off after about forty minutes. Is a He's big the big move. midfielder, is he? Yeah, Did, played with Derry for a little. Played while. with Derry for a good while. Like very athletic. You know, he sort of sums up Coleraine, and they need him in that engine room because he's not only a great fetcher, but he gets up and down the pitch so well defensively and in attack. So he was a big loss. Richard Carey came on. He's a good player, but probably a bit older now. Like so, I don't know. It just it seemed like a massive blow for him at the time and. Yeah, even like Cameron Goldrick's tackle, it was sort of like, ah, oh, come on, you don't need to be giving this away, like you know, especially when Rory Begins there. So and was that was it? It was a free. Yeah, I thought it was like yeah, okay. but it was just a bit. Where were you watching that on Derry TV or yeah. something? Did I see that? Yeah, 
But, um, um, ah, like, yeah, I, I felt really bad for him, but like that's that's the thing with Scott Stone when you have someone like Rory Began, they use their big players. Same with Monaghan, they use their big players, they get the big results and they had the big moment at the end of it. Yeah, exactly. So that's going to be a great final now with Scottstown and with Guidor. So two teams that have a, a good sprinkle of inter-county players who have a, who have built up a big rivalry at inter-county level. So I'm surprised there hasn't been that many Monaghan versus Donegal Ulster yeah. club matches. So this will be a good one with a bit of spice. Um, that's obviously in two weeks time we've Kevin Cassidy coming up in part two as well so we're going to talk to him about that Ballyhale Shamrocks beat Navena um, 6.21 incredible score in away from home from Ballyhale Shamrocks to 4.11 so Navena um, went two goals up early doors Cahill Dunbar was on fire so he got uh, his first goal was absolutely sensational it was like a drop hit so he like he threw it out of his hand hit the ground and as it came back up um, bang into the back, back of the net and then he scored another one so then it was Ballyhill Shamrocks came back Colin Fenley got 4-4 four, four, like t- performance of the weekend this, this, this is the most competitive performance of the weekend we've ever had Colin Fenley got 4-4 four, four. and you've already decided it and this is Col- <laughs> and I've already decided it yeah. so this is Colin Fenley and TJ Reid got 6 um, so they were in Oz last week so absolutely no ill effects of going to Oz so like I mean that was a big win for Ballyhale Shamrock so they played Ballyboden in the final of that so that's fantastic as I mentioned um, St Thomas is won in Galway um, they play Cush and Dahl now so they'll be strong favourites to beat them so like I mean imagine that no disrespect to Cush and Dahl now because I think they are a little bit depleted with, with some injuries and like I mean it, it has happened before that they've won their all in semi-final the Antrim champions but St Thomas's will be strong favourites I think this is grossly unfair loads of Galway clubs have won the All-Ireland Club and like I mean it's because they just have a, a, a free pass to it like I mean if the Galway inter-county team is in Leinster why, is not, why are, not the, why are the, the club champions why are, do you win a Galway county title and suddenly you land in an All-Ireland final like I mean it's madness yeah it it is it's not it's not fair like um e- but even Cushendall they're automatically in an Ulster final so again the path is skewed like as the Antrim champions go straight into that decider and it's not fair just because of where you're from like look at Ballyboden who've played three bouts of extra time already yeah. in two games yeah. you know their path when they get to an All Ireland semi final if they do they're going to really have earned it and the like of St Thomas has just come through Galway and but ba- ba- Ballyboden if they're lucky enough to win the Leinster final against Ballyhale Shamrock right <laughs> yeah. then they have to go and play Ballygunner in an Orange semi-final all the while St Thomas's have only won the Galway County Championship and beaten the Antrim Champions again I don't want to disrespect the Antrim Champions because they have traditionally done well but like, that's just not fair like yeah. that's like the All-Ireland Championship used to be years ago like I mean this if the if the if the if Galway are in the Leinster Championship, why aren't the Galway club champions in the in the in the, Le- the Leinster club? It's just bizarre. No idea. And I remember wondering why the hell's Galway's championship still going on? But obviously they're timing yeah, it they're for timing us. It. So they're they, timing it. They had it right for their own sake. But yeah, it's really not fair. And again, it comes back to the provincial system. <laughs> like you know, it always skews everything. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, we will leave that there because Banagher, Derry Club. Derry Intermediate this is the Ulster Intermediate and uh, do you know what there's some great stories going on in these Intermediate uh, Championships because so they drew with Mullahoran 116 Mullahoran Banagher 19 points then they went to extra time and they couldn't be separated and they ended up going to a free kick competition so it's the first time um, that historic free kick shootout so it settled settled it Mullahoran won 5-3 so Mullahoran manager is Shawnee Smith 
So he says, it's not a great way to finish a game, but we're happy. So, like, I mean, that's after winning it. So we know we know what's said after a big World Cup match is decided on penalties. It's a terrible way to lose yeah. a game. But sure, like, I mean, that's it. It had to be finished on the day for the provincial final. And I don't blame them for that. This is just a new way of finishing a game. And if it's absolutely, the report I read, electrifying drama. How can that be a bad thing? How can electrifying drama be yeah, a bad thing? Well, now, you're not going to agree because your hero, Enda Muldoon, <laughs> is the banner her manager. <laughs> and he's not happy with it. So he says, I think it's wrong. I think it's the wrong way to do it. There'll be nothing wrong with next Saturday. But they've made the rules and unfortunately we're on the wrong end of it. So Enda Muldoon, almost up there with Dear McConnelly as your all-time oh, hero. Dear McConnelly would be lucky to be in the same <laughs> stratosphere as Enda Muldoon. Um, and I don't say that lightly, Willie, but yeah, like I'll tell you why it, it's... Like, I get what you're saying about um, it's a good way to end the game and you can't have replays for seven weeks anymore, but it's probably, again, just the imbalance between, say, county and club and some club games go to a replay and so like all the county games go to a replay but this I one I don't all know that the well, end of that last year only provincial finals and all our finals go to a replay yeah but again like you know they have extra time like this had two extra times in fairness but like why is this game suddenly going to the shootout like you know where all our teams have got had replays and it's just if you're from Banagher now if you're Enda Muldoon you're put out in a free kick competition having trained since say January and it, yeah, I don't know it sort of irks with you the fact that it's that, that sort of imbalance across the board See, I don't think there is imbalance I don't think there is imbalance like I mean the, the, that's the way it's supposed to be decided and that's it they weren't good enough to win it after the normal time and extra time and then they went to it and then they weren't good enough to kick and you, you were actually saying that they weren't 40 they were, they were way in from the 45 33 metres yeah. it was 33 so, so that rule must have got changed it was trying to get it clarified today and nobody was able to officially confirm but they were told it was from the 33s or just the age of the D which makes a lot more sense but straight in front yeah jeez how would you miss that Ah, you know, after after ninety minutes of football, no, well, that's the argument for the forty-five because like forty-five is a decent distance with your le- when your legs are dead. Yeah. Jeez, you should be hitting it from the top of the D though. Yeah, but once you get down in f- the straight in front of the goals, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Once you get down to four and well, five, Mullah Horan didn't miss any anyways because they got five <laughs> yeah. three. So it was the Bannerher lads. Bannerher lads obviously they might have only missed one, and that was enough because Mullah Horan might have gone first. So when they went five yeah. three, Bannerher had one left. So there are not many lads missing there. So God help the poor chap. I know. That, but this is what we were saying, yeah. But like when we were talking about it last year, I think it was they have to have that element where it should be easy to score, but then it's down to nerves and like penalties. You should always score a penalty. Well, that's true, yeah. But, but then in that case, then I'd like it. For from a little bit of an angle yeah I don't know just that like straight in front of the goals really you should be just sticking that up there letting it carry over you know like I mean it shouldn't <laughs> simple really. as that probably <laughs> it's from a, from an angle that you might have to start curling them then that's a little you should get it but it's a little more the, 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 technically it's more difficult when you have to put a bit of spin on yeah. it right so you don't you can just kick it straight over from the from the from in front of the goals but then again maybe some of them try to send it out and bring it back in and it doesn't come back in yeah. whatever I, like, yeah like, and I, I agree I, I'm happy with this free taking competition after extra time as long I, I just think it has to be across the board as long as it's not end the Muldoon's <laughs> team that it, that loses that's basically how we'll end it for you right? end the Muldoon rule <laughs> um, so Wishy Fogarty passed away terrible news um, Wishy Fogarty's unbelievably well regarded uh, one of those fellas in the GA they're few and far between who nobody has a bad word to say about him I've met him a few times and he's a lovely man 
and there's been a real outpouring of emotion and tributes and everything Kieran Donaghy probably summed it up he say, tweeted he said so, ha- so sad to hear the passing of Wishy Fogarty this morning brought hairs up in the neck when he was in full flow on Radio Kerry and that's what he did the yeah. passion and his terrorist talk was absolutely um, outstanding and it's one of those brilliant examples along with Highland Radio of local radio being the go-to sports shows in a county rather than the national radio and I think that's a brilliant thing you know yeah. we don't really have it necessarily um, in leash you'd have your, your stalwarts but this this was just his show Terrace Talk was just uh, the market leader in Kerry and that was it and I know it's the same in Highland Radio so he says a true gentleman love calling into him for a chat also love, he had a great love for basketball may he rest in peace so um, that's it he kind of almost like a, a Michal Murray kind of a brilliant way a brilliant flow about yeah. him when he's talking about Kerry football came so so easy to him um, Kieran Dunn he actually had that great line was, was it last year you were interviewing him I think when he decided to stay on but it was he talked about this an old sort of 80 year old at their home listening to Radio Kerry and hearing the Dublin v Kerry game and that's sort of what what makes him come back because there's somebody tuning into Radio Kerry but it's the fact that Radio Kerry was so quintessential to Kerry life and Wishy Fogarty was the best man at it yeah exactly and condolences to all the Fogarty family I just want to leave you on another um, one here Conan because we know Joe Brawley likes making things up right so (laughs) (laughs) slightly well he likes to embellish the truth how will we say it because we can't call him a liar because he's a barrister and we could get in trouble he's got poetic (laughs) licence he's poetic (laughs) licence so Joe Brawley tweeted Joe Brawley was in um, Oma because he loves Cross McGlenn we know that so, like, <laughs> life's I mean, too short remember yeah, life's too short now he would have loved those Henry he passes that you didn't like but the announcer <laughs> this was a classic this is pure GEA so the announcer at OMA this is Joe Brawley tweeting this so the announcer at OMA just said would two year old Shay Carey please make his way to the back of the stand <laughs> no no let me finish it would two year old Shay Carey please make his way to the back of the stand <laughs> two year old Shay Carey your car is parked illegally <laughs> <laughs> or could two year old Shay Carey please phone call your parents and let them know you're okay so like I'm thinking of Maddox running around lost and an announcer telling the little chap to go back to the back of the stand anyways that's not even half the joke so the stadium announcer replied back to Joe so Kieran McDade is the stadium announcer and he uh, took exception to this and seemed to miss the point completely because he replied to Joe Brawley and said you omitted <laughs> now it wouldn't be like Joe to admit something to, but in this case it made no difference you omitted to finish that sentence Joe where I said he will be collected by his parents <laughs> so, so it's alright so then. it's okay so the two year old is supposed to know how to make his way <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's brilliant so Kieran McDade really you're completely missing the point um, the two year old would not have understood you Kieran so like I mean that's it alright we'll come back and we'll talk to Kevin Cassidy I'd never be allowed to go off and eat and have a shite like him and go you know, a slob or whatever like I was always doing a bit I remember, all I remember is I thought I was going to get clobbered in the way in there. I threw the ball up in there. I don't know. It was, it was pure luck, no fairness. Pure luck. Ah, uh, but it's fucking bullshit. Have you seen yourselves? Alright, so Guidor beat Cross McGlenn yesterday in Oma to reach an Ulster club final, and Kevin Cassidy joins us on the line now. Um, how's it going, Kevin? 
Ah, good one. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. They say goals win games. <laughs> yeah. Well, luckily, you know, I suppose the three we got in the first half were crucial yesterday because um, obviously across McGlenn or across McGlenn and going into the game, you're 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 you're, you're supposed to are worried about them. You know, you, you have to kind of take your chances when they come. And listen, our, our young lads took them yesterday, and especially Dara Boyle. So so um, just delighted with the, with the one in general. You know. Yeah, and is he a weapon that you use a lot? I, well, obviously, I saw the Donegal County final, and you couldn't read too much into that because it was a real kind of arm wrestle defensive game. But is his kind of runs from deep something that you use very often? Yeah, well, you know, them, them lads, they're all kind of powerful runners. That's just their natural game. You have the likes of Michael Carroll, Orr McNillis, Nisha, Will, Neil Friel, Keane Mulligan. So we're lucky that we have that. But as you say, well, it was kind of hard to read into any kind of game because I think every game's different. The county finals, we had to set up differently. And yesterday, there was a wee bit more space for us. So it just depends what's in front of us, really. Yeah, so that's it. So, like, I mean, I, w- I was looking at you in the county final, and while you did well, you got two points. You, you weren't getting on the ball very much. Like, yesterday was a completely different story for a full forward like I mean you got on plenty of ball you got 1-2 in the second half so I presume it's more the game plan what we saw from Guido in the second half of how to use you that's it and I think like for the likes of myself and young Eamon Collins who's in beside me sometimes it can be frustrating because obviously you want to get involved in the game but we have to just be disciplined and you know give our lads an outlet although we mightn't be as used as, as often as, as we want ourselves but at the end of the day it's just about the team and you know creating as much space as we can and there you know some days it works for you and some days it doesn't you know Is that the hardest thing for you to get used to playing in there because like I mean you're an all action wing back and midfielder like now you're in there living off scraps some of the time like I mean you must be pulling your hair out in there <laughs> um, I suppose early on in the year you're just, uh, naturally if the ball's not coming you go seeking it but you know listen our coach Michael Boyle and the manager Mike Mervyn you know they've sat down and said this is the role so I've kind of grew into it and to be honest yeah, I'm enjoying it because you know that when you are in action it's just going to be for 30-40 seconds so you save up your energy and get ready to go for that you know Well that was the thing because I saw you in the game yesterday like you went for an early score and you missed one and then it was almost like you were kind of coaching your way back into the game you're probably saying I'll lay off a few here now before I try another one or whatever and you, you, lay, you laid off the next four or five and then in the second half when it opened up like your first point in the second half was a traditional full forwards point where you win the ball out in front turn around and clip it over the bar you know so I'm sure you, like I, I've made the transition from wing back to full forward I know wh- probably what you're going through up there but like this is stuff you're working out probably yourself the whole year yeah, definitely it is. And you, you play it as you see it, but I think you, you'll know what I'm talking about, Willie. If you play it in the half back line or, or in the midfield, you're used to marking fellas, so you know what runs work and you know where defenders don't want to be dragged. And you know, I think you, you, you can't be drawn draw all that kind of experience. And listen, like, you know. What I am up there is just a kind of, a kind of another option, really. Or like our younger lads and our lads out there in the middle of the field. That's what that's what we're powerful. And you know, at the end of the day, if we can get anything at all up there, it's a bonus for us. You know. Yeah, you mentioned all these young fellas. Like, I mean, I saw you quoted as saying that, or you did that very good piece at the weekend with Declan Bogue in the Examiner, and you were saying ninety nine percent of them have played. Um, inter-county at some stage underage and like I mean there's 10 of the team won an Ulster under 21 championship earlier on in the year so add in your the two McGees and yourself and you've got a, a great mix there Yeah definitely we're, I suppose we're waiting for these lads to come this last number of years because 
we've watched them, you know, under 16, minor 21s, and last year they won the Ulster 21. So they've just came at the right time, and this year kind of worked out well because you know Dungan were knocked out a wee bit earlier. So you know, all in all, between 21s and senior, we had nine lads involved with county this year. So it was great to get those lads back early into our setup. Um, you know, although like we all want to see our county do well, but it's great when, when our club players get back to our club. You know. Yeah, it is. And like I mean, I saw you've been kind of quoted as the type of football that you like to play. Like I mean, the county final was it would was a very defensive game. But is is club football in Donegal turning around a little bit? Another way you played against Cross McGlen is a good advertisement for Donegal club football. But it hasn't had the best reputation in the last maybe probably since uh, McGuinness took over Donegal. Yeah, definitely. I think that's naturally the way it goes if a team wins everybody tries to copy the system with it it, it doesn't work for everybody will it? and it just it makes for poor viewing and you know I think we, we, we pride ourselves here in Donegal not in Donegal and Gidoors we want to play open football as much as we can and you know I think that slowly but surely Donegal football is turning back to being more offensive and teams you look at the likes of Kilcar and Glenties and Unions like they all like to play ball so it's good to, to see that coming round again Right okay well it didn't look like Lenties wanted to play that much ball in the county final now. <laughs> well, I suppose they were kind of apprehensive of what we were bringing to the table and, you know, I suppose I spoke to a few of them afterwards and I think that's one regret that they had that they didn't because they have some top-class forwards yeah. and they didn't use them. So, um, you know, they have to, you have to go away and look at these things and instead of trying to copy other teams, I think you should just, you know, have a real go. And, you know, if, like, we went up to Cross McGlenn yesterday and we could have sat and parked the bus and, and hoped for the best, but what we said all week was we want to give it a good account ourselves. If we're beaten, then fair enough we're beaten, but we want to try anyway. Yeah, no, so like, I mean, you definitely did that. There's no doubt about that. So you retired two years ago. You were always in the wars anyway. So like, I mean, you were beaten by Glenties by 12 points in the championship and you, like, I mean, that, that was just a, an impulsive decision, Kevin, was it? Surely you knew these young fellas were on the way up and you might live to regret it. I'd, I'll tell you what, Ken, I had a part to play in it because I knew these guys were on the way up, but I knew also that we were around for a long time when we underachieved. I thought maybe that at the time the best thing to do was a couple of older lads like myself to move on and, and leave the space for these young lads to come through. And that was my thinking you know, right. when, when it did happen. But, you know, obviously to come back two years ago was massive. And at the start, it was just really, I spoke to the manager, and it was just really maybe coming off the bench if I could and help them. But, you know, the heart of last year's semi-final I just uh, I just kind of said listen I'll give it everything I have and see how what kind of shape I can get into you know Right so it must be like I mean obviously it's the right decision now you're in a, you're in an Ulster final there's no doubt no doubt about it and why did you think some of the older fellas you thought maybe that you banging the drum the same voices talking in the dressing room that some of these younger lads needed to stand up I thought that exactly just the same voices, the same things. I think maybe I thought to myself that these young lads might come into that kind of atmosphere and it mightn't be the right place for them because, listen, we didn't do what we, we could have done. Uh, we let ourselves down. We didn't train as hard as we could have. We, we we went our own direction. And, you know, that's something that we regret. But it's, thankfully, it's a chance. We got something we got a chance to rectify this year. Yeah. I, t- I saw in that piece with Declan Bogue you were talking about with your, your relationship with Eamon McGee. Um, would that kind of relationship kind of, not you not talking and you're such big personalities do you think that would have had an effect on the younger fellas in the squad 
I think it probably did, to be honest with you. Um, they would have known that how close myself and Eamon were, and then obviously, you know, we kind of had difference of opinion. And like, I think that's that's something about me, Willie. If, if, if I'm if I think I'm having a negative effect on someone, I'd rather take myself out of it, the situation, you know. Um, yeah. But you know, everything, everything. Thankfully, everything, everything worked out. And you know, like I said in that piece, I think the biggest thing I'll take away from this year is, you know, making up with what my club mates because I just at the end of the day, that's 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 your friend. That you grew up with, and you know, it's just it's fantastic. It worked out this year. Yeah, it is. And so, how did things start going sour with Eamon Then was it after obviously you left the Donegal squad and he stayed on it? And was that the start of it, or was there things said in like you know behind the scenes at club football that that kicked it off? You know, it was just kind of different. Like to be honest, there was no major right between myself and Eamon <laughs> You know, you drifted. Just, uh, yeah, that's it. Just drifted. That's it. That's it. Exactly. And, you know, it would have been sad to leave it that way. And, you know, two years ago when I came back, yeah, you know, we kind of buried the hatchet. We just put the shoulder to the wheel of two of us for the club. And, you know, we've, we've shared some fantastic memories this year. And it's, it's something that I'll, I'll always cherish, you know. So did you clear the air or did you just start talking to each other again? Like, I, mean. I think, honestly, it, what happened really was just it was cleared through hard work and, and the training pitch together. Nobody right. actually sat down and said it to each other. And, you know, when a guy always had massive time for the, for the two lads and, and, and I think the, the, the feeling is mutual it's just sometimes you know self personalities and tempers and everything can flare but you know to be honest you, it's just fantastic for our club and for, for everything that we're back where we are now um, at the top table It definitely does so like I mean I remember when Eamon was having um, some arguments with McGuinness when he was left the betting slip on the on the bookie's floor and he was thrown off the panel and, <laughs> and McGuinness was talking to uh, Eamon and Neil was there Neil wasn't getting involved so does Neil just stay out of these rows Eamon gets into he doesn't like you and Neil were okay I, listen, Neil just stays quiet believe me you, uh, if, if, if Emily starts an Eamon on the pitch Neil will be the first man in. <laughs> no that's true come here another thing I thought was interesting in the piece was and like I believe you when you say that you're not bothered about missing out in the All-Ireland and I believe you now because I suppose when you look back on something five years ago like that's all done you know so do you have an All-Ireland or do you not who really cares at this stage maybe now so I kind of believe you when you say that but living through it at the time Kevin that must have been really difficult um, as I explained Willie do you know the most difficult part probably was the game against I think it was Cork and I was in America um, because you knew then I knew then like that Mayo weren't going to weren't going to stop them. Um, that 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 those couple of hours were probably the toughest because I was on my own. The family had gone home and I was in a flat in Boston on my own and waiting to go out to play a final. And you're just thinking of these things and you're saying, "Well, that's it now. It's done and dusted." But you know, um, listen, you, you know me personally. Well, I just the way I just move on, um, and that's what I did. And I came back here to, to Ireland and I didn't go up to the game. I watched it at home, and you know, to be honest, you. It, didn't hurt me a bit the day of the game to be honest because it was done and dusted Right, but even thinking, because like, I mean, I remember, I, now this is on a much lower level, that when I transferred from Portlaoise to Parnells, they won the Leinster Club the very first year I left. And I was like, Jesus Christ, like, I was heartbroken. Now, now I don't care. It's all the one. Do you have, do you, did you win? I've won one. Did you win one or two? I say one instead of two. But that night, I found really difficult. No one did be celebrating. And the next day on the two, on the Monday, like when I got past the Sunday and the Monday I wasn't too bad but I found it really hard to deal with it at knowing they were celebrating it it was crazy because um, I actually I was teaching at Little Angel Special School and I went into work on Monday and 
the rest of the staff there's maybe 50 staff there and you know, you pass them the card and they kind of look they don't know where they want to sit here but <laughs> you know but that's I think that's you just listen life, life, life can be cruel but to be honest with you if that's the worst thing and it's not the worst thing that's happened in my life believe me believe me but yeah. you know it's not that bad do you know what I mean it's only football yeah I know I know that but it must have been very awkward for you at that time when they're acting all awkward around you you know what I mean it's it just natural for you to feel awkward that's the thing and you're in the situation you're, you're kinda, you want to come out and say hey, listen just get on with it you know what I mean but people <laughs> then even if you do say people don't believe you so the best thing to do is just keep your mouth shut and get on with it you know and get the head down yeah well the, the finally just on this point was you were talking about sitting in your house and your house happens to be across the road from the GA club and Eamon and Neil were bringing the Sam back to the club and you're sitting inside the house um, eating Weetabix and your wife starts pulling the, <laughs> starts pulling the curtains <laughs> like again you know but, but again Kevin like, I mean, like you'd have no heart if that didn't hurt you a little bit to, to know that was going on outside I'll, I'll, and probably people won't believe me we're sitting there and Sarah went you know I was there I could see her moving and getting uncomfortable and I saw me and she went to pull the curtains and <laughs> I could have got up to, to walk over and she's not Kevin just start, just leave it and I actually just stepped outside my house and, or, and you see you can look directly across the road and what I did that night was instead of getting angry or instead of getting pitiful or whatever I just kind of said right this is happening now that's something bad just go and try and create something good for yourself and that's exactly honestly what I did that night and um, I closed the door and that was life after that you know Right okay so you threw yourself into businesses and you've got um, you've got you've got a good few different businesses on the go now so like I mean I suppose if you look at your life now if that kick started the positive changes maybe you look back that's, that's how you look back on it maybe not as negatively as other people do Definitely, and I think like all Ireland can do can do certain things to certain people. And to be honest with you, Willie, I was fond of the crack, and I would enjoy that all Ireland. Maybe a bit too much. You just never know these things. I'm a great believer, and like what for you won't go past you. And you have to make the most of life. And like I said. You know, if that's the worst thing that'll ever happen here in life, it's not really that bad, is it? Right, okay. So you're definitely not at the point where you can joke, Eamon McGee can slag you about missing out on it. <laughs> I think maybe after the final we'd want to be joking about that but I can't really remember <laughs> <laughs> Quickly there you you managed uh, uh, Guidor in 2014 um, I, w- I was reading so like I mean that was just before this crop of good young lads came along was it? Yeah it was and to be honest with you we knew they were they were coming and um, they were the look for a manager and I just kind of had finished up playing serious football if you like with Kearney and stuff so I thought I could I could do a job and you know I put a, a good team of people around me that I trusted and um, that they were good club people and we brought Paddy Bradley in to do the coaching but you know what things just didn't fall away like uh, like I, I spoke about all those young lads were then on the Kearney minors they made it all the way to the All Island final so did the seniors so you were down maybe nine of your players uh, all year so listen it was a fantastic experience and you know it probably put me off management for life <laughs> but um, that's just that's just another experience well that's dealing with club players is a bloody nightmare I suppose if you want to do things right I, t- I, t- I believe club managers need to just be relaxed and not come down hard on fellas because at club level they don't, I don't know if players react well to this this kind of thing you, you almost have to be a little bo- bit more relaxed with everything you know discipline um, when you actually have to crank it up is another thing you know what I mean you can't be banging the drum all year with these fellas no and I 
I think, like, especially if you're coming off maybe playing for the county for 10 or 12 years and you have to put your body through so much, you have to give up so much, you have to sacrifice so much, it, it becomes second nature and then you're expecting a club player to do what you did. Yeah. And it doesn't work like that, Willie. And, like, I think the way it's working this year for us, our manager, Mervyn O'Donnell, you couldn't meet a more relaxed fella <laughs> if you travelled the world. And I think that's what works because, like you say, he's not banging the drum, he's not roaring and shouting and demanding this and demanding that. So it does work. Yeah, no, I think it definitely does. I read somewhere that you were saying his big thing is honesty within the group and that's pretty much what kind of has you've, you've been able to react to. It's just lads being upfront and honest maybe about attendances, effort at training, things like that. And was that not a, the case in the past? No, I don't think it was, uh, to be honest. And, you know, I'll hold my hand up. I wasn't probably completely honest uh, during different seasons and I didn't train as hard as I could have and I went to the States instead of committing to the club. We things like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, this year it was all just about not wanting just about being honest and being able to look each other in the eye and say listen we gave it our best shot yeah so what should like I mean you look pretty sharp in there at full forward you played there at minor level um, I was reading that in the piece there as well and like I mean it's obviously time commitment you look sharp enough for club football I, I don't know if you, you've announced this is your last year you said that last year but like I mean from a you have yourself in good shape yeah and just it's you know, it's probably all down to our, our coach and trainer, Michael Boyle, because, you know, we started back last January and, you know, you're, you're just specific programs and training was enjoyable and, you know, it's not overly tough at certain times. We did put in the hard work, but, you know, it just keeps you sharp and keeps you focused and, you know, I don't think I've missed any training session this year, not out of, you know being great or any of this kind of stuff. It's just that you want to be there. Do you know what I mean? Even when the rain's lashing and... Um, you want to go down because the sessions are enjoyable. I think that's that's why. Yeah, no, exactly. So you have Scottstown next anyways in two weeks. So that's another, like, I mean, they've got the same sprinkle of big names, but a good solid um, club team. You wouldn't want to be giving away any 45s or blocking balls out for, for 45s against them anyway. No, listen, and this is not me talking Scottstown up or anything, but, like, if people are being honest, Scottstown have been the favourites for Ulster since before the ball was thrown in. Um, we actually had them up here, the Scottstown lads up in, up in our, our pub here for a stag do, but maybe two or three months ago, and, you know, they had their eyes firmly fixed in Ulster at that stage, even chatting to them, and you know, that's before they won their own county title. So, right. you know, they, they, they know what they're what they're about, and, you know, we're, we're way off that pace yet, but, you listen, it's, it's on the day, and we've we of two weeks to put in there. That's a good one that you're listening to this at the bar and little did you all know that you'd be playing each other um, later on that year. Yeah, do you know what? Darren Hughes was there and I was on the crack with him and I said, listen, these are doing well. And listen, they were, they were extremely lucky in also those last couple of years. And, yeah. you know, he, he was explaining to me that their target is to, 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 to put those scores to bed. So little did we know we'd be crossing paths in a, in a few months to a few weeks' time. You it's, know? Yeah, it's a good one. Well, I have to wish you best of luck because you promised me a live Skype call from your pub if you win it on the Monday. So, like, all GAR listeners can look forward to that. Um, we might get yourself an aim and a Neil there together and uh, maybe do a therapy session with the three of you <laughs> <laughs> I, that's a promise if that happens you're, you're more than welcome to ring us eh? well, listen all the GR uh, listeners will be on Guido's side then in the Ulster final listen come here best of luck and thanks for taking the call cheers bye bye now bye bye
Come here, I want you to talk us through the goal you scored in the county final after 15 seconds. I want you to tell me when you had goal on your mind. Yeah, you've probably had a few 15 seconds experiences yourself. Okay, so performance of the weekend, Paddy Power performance of the weekend, Conan, and like I said, this is the most competitive one, even though it's the it's there's the least suspense about it because I've already announced the winner. But like I mean, look at this, Colin Fenley. So he scored four four um, from from play, and I saw a lot of these these scores. Colin Fenley took a lot of uh, criticism a little bit with his performances from Kilkenny. He came back late from the army, and he never really hit the heights that he usually did. And he didn't make the team in a few games, then started, then was back off it. I saw Henry Shefflin say that since he came back with um, Bally Hale he really put the head down and worked really hard for him so 4-4 from play is just sensational Buff Egan you, would you believe I see I'm not on Snapchat here so this morning Niall in the office showed me Buff Egan's coverage of this he was down at this yeah his coverage is brilliant. Class. It's absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Really so you see, like I say, I saw Cahill Dunbar's um, scores and I saw Colin Fennelly's scores and I saw a little bit of analysis from the buff in the stand. And Interviews with Henry Shefflin's mother in the stand and everything. Did he do yeah. that? I didn't actually see that <laughs> Everything bit. you want. But like, I mean, this is just a brilliant service. There's absolutely no other way of describing it. And he, I, I can't believe he holds the camera. This is just a mobile phone. He's zooming yeah. in on these scores. Like, I mean... Like it's very high standard of of, yeah. uh, of coverage. I just don't want them getting too big before he starts getting in trouble for rights and stuff like that. <laughs> well, that's one thing I wanted to say. Now TG Four would be a lot more relaxed. TG Carter, I'm sure, would be a lot more relaxed. But I'm I'm surprised he gets away with doing it during the summer at the intercounty. Because like, if he gets as big a following as he has, like there is there are copyright issues. Yeah. Like, we can't use those clips. But like I mean, I think it would be harsh if I thought. I think it would be a PR mistake from the GA to shut him down on copyright issues wouldn't yeah. it like I mean because he provides a great service for a lot of people and a lot of a lot of younger people uh, watch him religiously yeah he's got a lot of followers ready to stand behind him if anything goes wrong there could be a <laughs> grassroots rebellion if, <laughs> if they if they shut him down so Carl Dunbar was the other one now Carl Dunbar scored 2-3 from play um, like I said his first goal was a drop goal and it was absolutely sensational and his second one was a screamer as well on a normal performance of the weekend Monday Cottle Dunbar would probably win it but he, look who he's up against he's up against Colin Baskell like I said earlier on he scored 3-3 three, three from play and he won those late frees that, uh, that Ryan converted and he also played the role in the goal that Conal Keeney uh, scored by blocking down the goalkeeper so Baskell judging off that was directly responsible for 4-6 so kind of outdoes Colin Fenley now we don't know about Colin Fenley's assists we haven't mentioned them yet because there's only so so far the buff can stretch <laughs> um, so like I mean this is all some sensational Bally Gunner uh, centre forward Peter Hogan he got man of the match on TG Cahar for his performance and he was outstanding now he didn't score so it was just another outstanding yeah. performance without the scoreboard uh, kind of recognition because he was brilliant he was breaking the lines a real direct player real fast and he's only 21 so he was outstanding um, Peter Hogan uh, Darrow Boyle three goals and a goal saving block in the second half that's fairy tale stuff yeah. on a normal weekend so lads I'm really sorry to all of you because Dara Fitzgibbon 
right so he plays for Charleville he scored nine points five of them from play like I just Dara, that, that was in, t- in the Munster Intermediate they beat Fecal 220 to 120 imagine being an intermediate hurler and seeing Dara Fitzgibbon running over <laughs> what would you do like you're yeah. gone this fella is a racehorse at intercounty level imagine it at intermediate yeah. club level like I mean you're just gone Dara Fitzgibbon just at that level it's just it's just not fair it's everything actually, is so easy for him isn't it like the yeah. skill and as you said the athleticism of him like I've never seen I've never seen somebody as athletic at his age like at, like honestly like he's unbelievable like yeah. when he gets going when he gets going and unbelievably accurate as well unbelievably accurate and can stick them over but all of these performance of the weekend nominees um, cannot match up to our winner of performance of the weekend which is Brian Carroll he scored 216 and that includes a, a goal that drew the game in normal time and a goal that drew the game in the first period at the end of the first period of extra time and he joins us on the line now Brian can you make sense of that game for us? Yeah very hard now to, to smart and willing to try and make sense of that it, it was a fantastic game to be fair and, and Ballyboden and, and obviously my own teammates like we just went toe to toe for, for such long periods of the game and um, it looked like we were dead and buried loads of times and they got off to a flyer but they two one to, to no score after after a minute and um you know, we showed great perseverance and great heart and bottle and just kept soaking up everything the true as and we almost thought we had them tipped in normal time, you know, the, the, well to be fair, the only time we led in the whole game but um we thought we had it but the referee found a, an extra three minutes out somewhere that uh, we didn't know where he got them out so we felt a little bit aggrieved at that stage but look we had to, to soak it up then and go back in and go back out for extra time again and um, again they looked like they had us beaten but uh, you know we got a goal out somewhere and went into extra extra time so like, they just became a little bit crazy then at that stage and um, a lot of tired bodies and tired minds and it just kind of descended um, into a bit of a farce but you know in fairness to Ballyboard and you have to, to hold your hand up on the day they got the most scores, and I always say that whoever scores the most, uh, and and is winning at the end of a final whistle, sure they're the best team at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. We'll talk about this six minutes then, right? So the, the so you you get the goal then to equalise, and then you score another uh, point, and you go one up, and this would have been a smash and grab because you'd never led like you just said. Like I mean, you went two one to no score down, then you went three eight to ten points down, and you kept in it and kept in it and kept coming back, and then went ahead. And the referee told you three minutes because I. I, I was reading that no announcement was made in the ground which is very very unusual and then he played six yeah he made no announcement but he made an indication to the linesman because I was very close to him when he did it and he indicated three minutes right. our wing back clarified it with him and he said it was three minutes and um, yeah somehow we found six to be honest um, and did it, was there injuries like I mean try and look at it objectively because you know like was there, yeah, was no, there... of course no I don't and that's one thing I don't want to sound like sour grip you know, it's it, it's far from it. As I said, I I, I believe at the end of the day, Ballyboden were the best team that scored the most. So I, you know, there's no sour grapes there. But it's just it, it you know, I suppose the, the big question, and as you said, objectively, you know, how have we not gone at this stage to to Hooter? You know, similar to to ladies football or, or to other sports, yeah. you know, and take this away from the referees. There's so much going on, um, and it's very clear then, you know, that we're playing to the clock. You know, so. Um, you know, it, it, in a bigger scheme, 
think it really has to be looked at. And yesterday, certainly a case where we saw that firsthand. Yeah, because um, like it is, it is you know, human. You said, you know, go on. Yeah, it is human nature. Yeah, um, of course. But uh, yeah, sorry, you, you said that was a smash and grab. It certainly was. Well, you know, even though we were four points down at half time, you know. I, I told the boys at halftime I told them we'd score three goals and I actually said it could take us to the 63rd minute to get the third goal and it actually worked out exactly as I, as I spoke at halftime really? So we really believe, no, and I mean that we really believed I told them we would score three goals and um, we just believed in ourselves that yes obviously they were you know on fire up front uh, Basquiat in, in particular obviously Um but we just had that belief in ourselves that, you know, we play it till the final whistle and, and that's the way we we approached it. Um, so while from the outside it might look like a, a smash and grab, that's the way we approached that game. We knew that would go to the wire. That's right. what we firmly believed. Right. And why did you pick the three goals? Just because Bally Bowden had three goals at halftime? You, you thought you needed to match them, you know, rather than try to outpoint yeah, them? Yeah, yeah. So both, yeah, look, trying to think about that, yeah, they had scored three. So my point was that we can score three. It's not that we can score one. Like, And I believed we had we had kind of carved a couple of opportunities in the first half, but... Um, you know, we just didn't get in, and I just felt that you know, if, if we could run at them, that we we might create these opportunities. So, you know, I suppose it's to, to have that belief in yourselves. Yeah. Um, you know, to just keep going. If we got one, we could get another, and and so on. You know. Right. Exactly. And you mentioned Colin Baskell there. Did he take you by surprise? Because like, I mean, he only had been coming on as a sub. Do you know, he we obviously know he's a footballer uh, first and foremost. Like, I mean, were you expecting him to to score three three? And I think he was fouled for the three points in injury time as well. Yeah, look. In fairness to him, you know he's obviously a wonderful athlete, and and his speed was was hugely damaging. Um, every time he got the ball, he just took off, and and not, you know our couple of cornerbacks wouldn't be slouches, um, Stephen Connolly and Stephen Burke. So he just seemed to be able to get away from them at ease. So his pace was huge, and it was a masterstroke from Barry Bowden's perspective. Um, you know, I believe that was his debut in terms of starting a game. So you know what a debut to have because ultimately he was the difference, and and you know he was. Um, you know, he he was he was lethal up front for them. To be yeah, fair. does it make it probably makes it even harder losing a game like that, um, Brian? Knowing that Leinster's wide open this year, you know, let's be honest, like Kula are up with Napierstig, maybe a, a level above a lot of other clubs, but you know, when they were out, there was a great chance there. Yeah, certainly, and you know, and and Bally Bowden won't fear Ballyhill now. While um, you know, Ballyhill obviously put up a huge score yesterday. Yeah. Mayvena, um, you know, they're obviously not the team they used to be. You know, in terms of losing the likes of Henry Shefflin, and you know, like it's, it's while he's manager, you know, he's a big loss. But then I suppose Colin Finley chips in with four four. That's no mean feat either. So, no. um, you know, they, they they've class too, and obviously TJ Reid is, is unbelievable. But yeah, I think the the All Ireland Club Championship this year is a fantastic, um, it's a fantastic competition as as it has been for the last couple of years. And and um, as, but you're right, like Coolagan. Cool and the piercing almost super clubs. So that's yeah. they're almost at that level. You know that their numbers, their the you know the way they're they're producing the hurlers and the the squads that they're able to produce is phenomenal. Um, you know we could probably see yesterday even with Bally Bowden. You know we you know we pulled in four guys, but we we were bringing them on and bringing them back off again. You know, right. um, whereas they obviously would, would have have a lot bigger panel. And options than we would have. Um, so we're drawn on a very small rural area here in Coolary. Eight hundred people, almost everyone can pick up a hurl, picks up a hurl. You know, we've three adult teams, and uh, we're very proud of that. We don't, we don't play the big balls, Willie. We played a bit of junior C back in the day, <laughs> and um, we we don't uh, have much time for it over here. So um, 
it's all about hurling and uh, you know we enjoy it and look I suppose looking back at it yesterday look I'd be very proud of, of, of what we did um, you know we showed great heart and determination as I said and we just never gave up and I think everyone in Coleri was actually at the game. There was a huge sport there, and they really got behind us. And, and you know, they were they were hugely disappointed at the end, but they were hugely proud of us as well. So you know, I have to acknowledge that too. Yeah, no, exactly. And you mentioned that you're only a small um, little area. Like you've 31 county titles. So like, I mean, you're way out on your own with with regards to the awfully role of honour. Burr next on 21, and most people would think of Burr, especially around my age, considering how much Burr won at national level, that they would be the big club in Offaly. But for you now, obviously, you ignore the big ball which uh, I won't uh, I won't hold against you but like I mean for a small area like that to be to be leading Offaly Club Hurling you know well is an unbelievable achievement yeah and it's you know it is, it is our tradition um, we won a we, we pride ourselves in this we won a title in every every decade bar the 90, 90s so the poor old 90s guys um, we don't let them live uh, get away with that too quietly but um, and that's when Offaly you know, Hurling was at its best yeah, and you see, obviously, that's when 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 um you when know, the Bar, as you yeah. mentioned, like they were a phenomenal team, you know, and you had Clarine and Severinus, you know, they 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 there was three um, great teams back then, um, all vying for championships. But uh, you know that Bar team, as you mentioned, like you know they won four Irons. They it's it's phenomenal. Seven Leinster's what they did, you know, obviously the likes of Brian Whelan and um, you know the Pilkertons and. Um, the Hanafis as well so like they they were a savage team but you know obviously Coolary we, we have a huge tradition we don't win a lot underage um, it's all about building for the senior team and um, you know we just we have that belief and that tradition in ourselves that we can we can keep going and um, yeah we're out on top of the in terms of rural clubs we're, we're number one in Ireland and we're I think we're on giant fourth in terms of the role of honour um, in terms of county titles, so you know that's something to be very proud of. Right, um, that's 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 interesting. That, sorry, that, sorry to cut you off. That's interesting what you said that you don't win much underage and that it's building towards the senior team. How do you mean? Like you know, how would you? How do you mean by that? Well, it's just surely we don't have the numbers. You right. Know. Um, okay. So, so yeah, you... we always compete. We always compete um, where we can at A grade. Um, so we, we we very rarely knock on the door of winning championships. Uh, we don't tend to, to amalgamate with anyone um, so even up to under 21 we'd be struggling because of um, you know numbers again and a lot of teams are joining up but we continue to stay on our own wherever possible um, so you know we continue to allow our, our our boys to learn probably perseverance as much as anything else and I think it stands for them in good stead when they get to around the age 18 when you know um, physical strength um, obviously it's important but you know everyone's kind of caught up in each other at that stage yeah. and um, you know they learn then they've learned the hard way how to keep going in matches and um, you know when you do you are looking for them to perform on big days when you get to county knockout games quarterfinal semi-final final that these boys are used to it and they're used to, to putting their shoulders to the wheel and, and I suppose that's where performance like yesterday come out that they just we just learn you know from very young age that you just have to keep going yeah you know? and and interestingly enough with Cool Derry because of your brilliant tradition they don't necessarily need to have won anything because once they get up to senior they'll get that natural confidence from Cool Derry's tradition you know and being used to winning and, and that exactly. can be bred into him yeah that's exactly it and, and we as a group of players are very conscious because there's a group of players around my age around 35, 36 and we're very conscious of that and passing on the mantle 
and allowing those guys from maybe 17 to 20, 21 that they understand the level that they need to get to. And and I see this something similar. Um, Willie going on with your own club in Portland yeah. and good mates with Paul Catalan. I see you know close similarities. And I talk to Paul very um, a lot in terms of that and, and the importance of passing on the man and the importance of those younger guys understanding what that level is. And um, you know that the. It takes time and it takes, you know, I've used that word a few times, it takes perseverance, you know, not just to win things, but just to even make the team at times, you know, that you have to keep knocking on the door and eventually when you are, you do get your place on the team, but you're there, you're there to stay there, you're not there just to come on the odd day or, or that, you know, so when you do earn that jersey, that's, you know, you're, you're capable of playing in the big games. Yeah, no, exactly, it's interesting. Come here, you weren't fancy to win Offaly this year, was I reading that correctly? <laughs> yeah, we were favourites for relegation. Go ahead. Um, I suppose they looked at our age profile. <clears throat> we performed. We won the county final in 2015, and probably everyone would have seen that was our last kind of hurrah, right. kind of um, And <clears throat> we suppose we've we've been just tipping along the last couple of years, beating in the quarterfinals the last two years. And I suppose everyone just <clears throat> from the outside said, "Right, okay, these boys are getting even older. Um, they're not kind of going anywhere." So. So we changed up a bit. We brought in Joachim. Joachim's a hugely um Joachim Kelly, awfully stalwart um, at yeah. the eighties. Even played into the nineties and Joachim's his own man, a very, very um nice guy, very confident sort of man and but old school, completely old school. It wouldn't be for everybody. Um let us go about hurling very, very simply and um he kinda suits our style in Quillery. He as he said himself you know, he wasn't coming in to change it up to over a, a labyrinth on tactics or anything like that. It's very much from the mould of Brian Cody, and uh, it's about enabling the players to be the best they can and, and figuring out situations on the field themselves. And um, uh, so he enabled as, as best as possible the, the, the you know the, the hurling side of things. And then he brought in first time ever he brought in a strength and conditioning coach and uh, a guy called Martin Bennett and. You know, he was absolutely excellent. I, I've trained under a lot of strength and conditioning coaches, but this guy he was top class, and I have to say he's the best I've ever trained under because he understands the demands of of, of hurling um, as opposed to you know strength and conditioning. So, right. Um, I, I found that hugely, hugely beneficial, and, and a guy that's always willing to learn and improve things. And he's an army background, but um, he brought in the mental side of things. You know, the, the, the that determination and, and steeliness, but you know, not. We want to, you know, we've often trained under army guys, and it can be a little bit OTT. But no, this guy was very astute. So I must say, I must tip a cap to, to both um, to both guys that are over us, and, and obviously our management team in, in general. Yeah, because he's had a great impact on you, anyways. Whatever he's been doing, do you know, like I mean, he, like two sixteen is is incredible stuff. I think it was one five against uh, Mount Leinster Rangers, and then in the county final, you were up there for man of the match as well. So, like I mean, you're at thirty five. It doesn't look like you're slowing down anytime soon, and maybe that's what you needed at thirty five was a bit of strength and conditioning, something new, you know, maybe to keep, to give you that little bit of a spark. Yeah, and actually, we do a lot of boxing. Actually, um, give away all my secrets now, but I know no problem <laughs> saying that. We do a lot of boxing, which actually saves our legs, which is important. Um, you know, obviously, we do running, and there's a time for it, but it's always been quality over quantity. And uh, the boxing obviously brings a huge anaerobic demand, and um, you know, it, it really, um, really suited us as, as a group of players. And um, I think it, it lends itself very closely to the, to those tackling. Situations you'll get in 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 hurling in particular, where it's 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 top start um, yeah. nature, and um, so I, I think it really suited us, and we continue, you know, we've been continuing that all year. So 
I think that that particular thing has, has been a big big part in in allowing us to, to perform. And you see Kevin Brady as well. You know, he's another guy at 35, and he rolled back the years in the county final too. So, yeah. Um, you know, so. Yeah, it suited us. It certainly and, did. And would, but isn't just thinking on my feet here because I've never hurled, as I'm reminded of a lot on this on on this show. Would the boxing keep your shoulders nice and loose, which might benefit the hurling as well? Maybe no. Yeah, definitely. It's a little bit of um, you get strength in your shoulders and in your arms without having to to overdo the weights. Um, right. Sometimes I found out for years with with weights at intercounty level in particular. It, it, it's it, it's in itself to rugby almost, and you do need to, as you say, stay a little bit looser for hurling. Um, and I do think it's shifted a little bit. I think people are starting to see it's more important to have lean muscle mass um, as opposed to, to to bulk at this stage. You see it in the county players now. You you know, um, about hurling and football, it, it, it's got a lot leaner, so that that is important. But you know, there's a there's a fine line between doing weights and, and, and overdoing it, I think, you know. Yeah, no, exactly it is. I think it's the 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 big biceps for the beach weights and stuff like that, they're definitely gone. So maybe one maybe yeah. maybe you see the odd fella still persisting with them, but it's not for football or hurling. He's he's probably doing it for Come here, before I let you no. go before I let you go, Brian, um what about the sending off? Because you said earlier that the game turned into a bit of a farce and three of you were sent off and um, one Ballyboden player was sent off. Why? Wh- how did you get sent off? It was in around a penalty decision, was it? Just before, the, yeah. Um, oh look, uh, I think these things happen. Self and Colin Keeney kind of uh, clashed, and then another guy came in, and I kind of pushed the guy off me, kind of aggressively, and in, in, into the ribs, and uh, <laughs> Keeney got a yellow, and I got a red, and yeah. Strange decision. That's what I would say. Strange that I received a red, a red and he received the yellow. So um, that's all we'll say, really. I suppose. Right. I, I definitely kind of looked at it a little bit straight. I I thought, look, two yellows more than enough. Being honest, um, you know, I, I couldn't understand that decision. Being honest. Right. Okay. Um, you know, again, I don't want to sound like it's sour grapes, but you know, it's just yeah. I was definitely I was perplexed at at, at the need for a red. Being honest, for what um, you know yourself, it's a tough game. There's, if, if it was if it merited a red, trust me, uh, um, you would have done a lot worse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thought you we're going to get sent off, put it that way. Okay, right. So that's when it, the game did send it into a farce a little bit with uh, with all the sendings off, and that's a pity, really, because like I mean, from it everybody you pity, speak to, you know. it's just one of the all-time great games. This was. Yeah, it was. It was an epic. Being honest, you know, should look at the scoring, like you know, five twenty-eight to five twenty-five. You know, I just thought about it afterwards. Like we scored forty points. And lost, like, and we still lost. <laughs> you know, crazy, crazy yeah. stuff. Um, you got twenty-two. You got twenty-two of them, and weren't on the winning team, which is just bizarre stuff. Yeah, just one of those days. It just, just everything seemed to click, and um, nearly got a goal just before I went off as well. I went down cramp. I, I got a bat, the ball, and it just went across the face of the goal, and it just went out by the post. And oh, would have been, it would have been a sweet one to get it in, but. Um, yeah, unfortunately, look, we just ended up in the wrong side, and I, I said it from the outside, I, and, I, and I mean this: whoever scores the most deserves to win, and, and they obviously scored more than us over the what were we hurling the end nearly a hundred minutes? Yeah, not far Crazy off. Stuff for, a, for an amateur game. Yeah, exactly. Well, listen, you might not have won, but you did cool Derry no harm their reputation anyway, so you kept that going. And uh, come here, Brian. Thanks very much for taking the call.
No worries, Oli. Thanks, William. All right, great stuff from Brian there um, after a brilliant game in Parnell Park yesterday. Right, that's all we've time for today. We'll be back on Thursday as usual. I won't be here. Conan's going to hold the fort because uh, I'm going to have a baby tomorrow. <laughs> we'll talk to you on Thursday. Good luck. Both parents have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a f***ing shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their f***ing houses for f***ing years. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com.